Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview show supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it's been another eventful week off the pitch in a weird way. Not much has happened, but stories have broken out. But most excitingly, we've actually got a penalty shootout win. It's not unknown for Reading, but it is rare. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Scoop Dog himself, James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. You're right, Paul. I'm good. I'm good. good. Yeah, I mean, you've got to soak up the atmosphere, haven't you, of those 1,800 people that were there last night, those hardy souls. Uh, you know, I wasn't one of them, but you were, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lowest crowd, I think. Well, lowest crowd in my lifetime for a competitive game. So uh, very much a, uh, you know, a I was there moment for the wrong reasons. But hey, we saw a win. We were rewarded uh, and through to the round of 16 of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Yeah, it's the dreams are made of this, isn't it? I mean, I mean, how, what a weird sponsor it is. But if you do want to listen to us talking in more depth about the actual match itself, which, you know, it's a win. We'll take that. Uh, we've released a podcast today about Charlton penalties. I can't remember the exact name of it. Basically, have a listen, have a scroll through and you'll find it. So, James, the manager must have been pretty happy after that. Showed a little bit of fight. Um Played a very strong team. Also got a few players in that hadn't played that much. Good result eventually. Yeah, yeah. So he was pretty content in the end. He'll be happy that his subs all came off the bench and, and put in good performances and sort of G'd the team along the line to get the equaliser and then win the penalty penalty shootout. Obviously, it's one of those ones if you go into it and you have injuries, then it's a bad lineup decision. But, you know, he seemed to have come out relatively unscathed. Um, you know, a bit of momentum in, in the tank and, you know, looking back now, you can't really can't really complain, I guess, going into the game on Saturday. No, definitely. Spoke about a couple of injury updates after the match and Dorset sounds like he's not that likely on Saturday and Benge possibly will be OK. Yeah, Dorset was an odd one because it didn't seem to sort of twig at the time. It was, came after the Carlisle game. I don't think any of us mentioned it because I don't think anyone, any of us saw that he was he was limping or anything. Um, but he said he'll definitely be back for Tuesday. So to be honest, I'd rather just not risk him on Saturday and make sure he's back for Tuesday. Um, you know, give me a win over Oxford, over a win over Barnes any day of the week. If we can only have one, I mean, being greedy, I'd quite like two. But if we can only have one, um, Bengay's groin. Um, so you know, he seemed to think it wouldn't be too much of an issue. And then McIntyre's another couple of weeks away, but we knew that anyway. So I mean, it's. At this stage of the season, going into what a run of eight games in 20 odd days, I think it's a pretty much full strength squad to pick from. Yeah, which is uh, pretty amazing because we've had years of, you know, injury after injury, seven or eight players missing. Can't really say that now, can we? It appears that Paul Entz's stretching technique, you know, his complete disbelief in it. Um, uh, maybe if you do that, it actually works, doesn't it? Well, no, no. Be fair, Paul it's did bring in yoga, so he did bring us up into the twenty-first century in that regard. He did. Uh, he did. But no, yeah, I think it definitely helps the layout of the squad. Is obviously much younger, uh, so in theory their bodies you know, swings around, doesn't it? In theory, their bodies should bounce back quicker. But then again, if you put too much stress on their young bodies, that they could easily break. So it's it's a fine line. Um, but yeah, going into the real thick period, if we come out of December with a stronger squad of what we go as what we're going into it with. Uh, then I think we'd have done bloody well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Going back to the left-back position, let's kind of assume that Dorset isn't available. Who is sliding in in that position on Saturday against Barnsley? 
I don't want to slide any of them into that position. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry, Nesta, but um, you don't have an option. <laughs> yeah, because Nesta's um, gone, isn't he? You know, he's, he's dropped off the face of the earth a little bit. One to keep an eye on. Not quite sure where he's gone. You know, we always ask about him and says, you know, he's just not picked him. You know, not not for the makeup of the squad. Mola seems to be much more competent at right back, um, as he showed yesterday. And Carson can't defend. Um, you know, the great boy and one of the best crosses um, that we've got in the squad, but they just target that side constantly and, and there's too much joy coming from it. So, you know, I don't really want any. Could, could you put Mbengue to left back and have Mbengue and Yedom as the fullbacks, potentially? Or do you possibly put Yedom at left back? Mm, exactly. Right back? I don't know. There is no good solution, like you say, James. I mean, I wish I could conjure one up, and I'm sure Ruben Sellers, more than anyone else, wishes mm. that was the case. But ultimately, I think our best option defensively is injured, Tom McIntyre. And I think if he was fit, he'd probably be playing now. What do you think? Yeah, potentially. Uh, although I think it's now Dorset's space to lose. I think he's, since he's come in, he's, he's played it very well. Uh, I think he's definitely been the best of the rest in terms of um, sort of the, natu- the non-natural left-backs. Um you know, I always thought that maybe his lack of pace would, would get caught out, but he seems to just be better at using his body and not needing to necessarily rely on pace so much. And Abby's got the sort of sweeping up behind uh, roll to a tee with Binden and, and runs across and, and covers for Dorset. So it doesn't seem to be as big an issue as I maybe first thought. So I think Dorset's got to have the proper run when he gets back fit. Um, but, you know, you get the same thing that we've had with Tom McIntyre for years now, is where is his best position? He's been in the squad for five, six years now, and we still don't really know. I mean, I guess he's a centre-back, isn't he, really? Mm. But last season, he played left-back, centre-back, centre-midfield. And, you know, he was equally, you know, decent in, in all of them. So, um, you know, he's 25 now. He's not really still nailed down a, a proper position. Yeah, I think his best position is centre-back. I think ultimately that's where he needs to be playing. But off the field, he's been kind of... It hasn't been completely sliding on, on what's happening, but it doesn't appear that we're actually any closer. Maybe we're actually slightly further away, James, from any exclusivity deal being done. Yeah, I don't think we're any closer. Um, I think it's still just a, you know, keep going back to the negotiating table and, and seeing sort of how far they can push it, really. Um, it's infuriating and frustrating because of how close you know the club were last week, but there's going to be a breaking point at some point where they either say, you know, you know what, sod it, we've had enough, we don't want to argue with you anymore and, and walk away, in which case you're right back to, to where you were a month or so ago. Or, you know, the club uh, swallow their pride and take what offers on the table. You know, it's it's they're the only two real options. There's nobody else really waiting in the wings with offers. Um, so, yeah, it's a big sort of crunch, crunch period and, and not as... Not as hopeful as what I'd hoped, and I know people at the club would have hoped for the last couple of weeks. It's all on Dai Young, isn't it? It's all on Dai Young moving, you know, the kind of agreement at the last moment and trying to get every single penny, which I I understand as a business person. I'd get that completely. But um, there has to be a tipping point when you think, I just need to get this sorted here for the good of everyone. You know, it, it's gone on mm. for so long. I mean, it's just completely damaging everything around Reading FC. And I don't know if we're Geneva are going to be a great owner if they were to come in, hypothetically. Mm. But we just want an option to come in that will 
maybe stabilizers at best, isn't it? And, and they might be those people. Who knows? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not saying that they're going to be, you know, Jesus Christ the Savior, but they they're going to have to Carol, wasn't they? They're, they're going to have to go some way to be worse. In fairness, I mean, they've got to really monumentally screw up to be worse than who we have at the minute. Um, and that's if they even get the chance to come in in the first place. If Di keeps mm. um, holding out for for what he wants and what he thinks he's, you know, deserves, which I don't think he's, he deserves anything, to be honest. I mean, the only other option there is you're staring down administration, of which you're in League Two um, and you're starting again from scratch, which nobody wants and he certainly shouldn't want because it means he's walked away with nothing. So it doesn't suit anybody to drag it out for as long as it has. But, I mean, when's he ever done the right thing for the good of the club or good of the people? So I guess he's not going to start doing it now. No, in positive news, the staff will pay the full amount. So that is good news. It appears that that's gone via uh, select card leasing and then the club have kind of paid it via that. And obviously now they sponsor our substitutes. And I've got to say, I'm quite happy them to sponsor every single seat in the stadium. Literally everyone individually. <laughs> I'm not bothered by that. There isn't much left for them to do, though, is there, sponsoring-wise, James? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to sponsor you next. I mean, I suspect <laughs> you'd take that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's probably, I, I can only imagine looking at it as sort of way round of, of them putting a bit more money into the club, um, sort of without sort of overtly just giving the club money. I presume mm. they'll say, right, well, if, you know, in, in, in return for this, then we'll give you the the uh, sponsoring of substitutions. I mean, having been to all the League One away games so far, most clubs do it. It's only yes. because obviously we're used to being in the higher levels where clubs don't need to, you know, sell their substitutions and God knows whatever else. But, you know, most other clubs have sell substitutions. They sell um, sort of airtime space before kickoff and after kickoff and, and everything else. So it's not actually that unusual. It's just unusual for us to be in this position where we need to be penny pinching as much as we can because there's nothing coming in any other way. Um, so, you know, it's we're very much now from a position whereby we are a 20-plus year top two division club. We're very much being stripped down to bare minimum League One, League Two club in terms of uh, what we have to do to, to make money and make ends meet. Yeah, it's the realism. I'd much rather this than... Uh live in the clouds and denial we are where we are now aren't we so we have to deal with that let's get on to the match on saturday then against barnsley what's your predictions james uh that's a good, very good one i don't think we're as bad as a lot of people especially outsiders looking in think we are but equally i think barnsley are you know a pretty, a pretty good team better than the teams we played in the last few weeks I, I don't know. I quite fancy us at home against most teams, to be honest. If we play to the level we're capable of, I'll go for a draw. I'll go for a one or draw. I wouldn't be against that, like you say. If we beat Oxford, everything's good. Um, I don't know. I think we've got a little bit of momentum. And we do look like we're going to score goals now, which is a big plus considering where we were maybe a month ago when we didn't look like we could score ever. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Optimism, blind faith. I don't mind. I brings the joy. That's what I do. Reality will kick me in the face on Saturday afternoon. So thank you for listening to this part of the preview. Alex will now be speaking to a Barnsley fan. Thanks for listening.
Welcome back to the Empire Royals preview podcast. I've been joined now by Carlo from the Reds Report to have a discussion about Barnsley. Carlo, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad, Alex. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, uh, given the circumstances of Reading at the moment. Yeah. Um, but we, we'll we'll crack on and discuss Barnsley, and we'll let the other other guys discuss Reading. Um, you know, just not to depress all of our fans out there. Um, the first thing I've got to ask, by the way, is because. I'm sure plenty of uh, Reading fans have seen it. Is does anybody in Barnsley like the Barnsley kits this season? Uh, I, I dare say when it first came out, it was very much like, "What is this?" Um, part of uh, the consortium that owns us are American, and there were various gifs and JPEGs on uh, social media comparing us to, you know, Captain America, Marvel, and everything else. It's grown on some. I'll be honest; it's it's not grown on me. Um, Call me old, call me whatever you want. I just prefer a, ed- a nice red shirt. Barnsley, the Reds, the Tigers, well, the stars are a bit, it, it's all a bit, you know, the sponsor, I ain't got a problem with USA Mobile. We need a sponsor, and if they pay X amount, that's absolutely great. I find it a little bit over the top. And I always think if you're bossing the league, you, you can play in any shirt you want. Because you, you can, can't you? You got that. But struggling a little bit and I know it's 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 no it's it I don't think it's um yeah let's hope we go back to a plain form of red next season for anyone who hasn't seen the shirt you've got to go and look it up it's a it's it's red but it's got white stars and they get bigger as they go down the shirt it's it's yeah. it wouldn't have gone down well I'm not I'm not sure anywhere really but uh, it, yeah no, I can understand it, why Barnsley fans aren't keen yeah, and I think, you know, and it is red. It, it, they say it refers back to a shirt from, I believe, the early 70s or 80s when we were sponsored by a local carpeting firm and, and they had a couple of stars. These are just, it's it's all very American-ish, isn't it? It's all very American. And it needs to be big. It needs to be bold. And it's not us, is it? <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Not you. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and you, you say you said, obviously, that uh, if you were, you know, top of the league and walking away with League One at the minute, then no one would care. And you're probably right. No one would care. As it stands, Barnsley are in seventh at the minute. You're just outside the playoffs. I think you've uh, you've only played a few. Get was it three league games though since the start of November because of the FA Cup and games yeah. being postponed. So you've got a couple of games or a game in hand or two games to hand on some of the teams above you. But it feels like the mood in kind of Yorkshire or South Yorkshire is not overly like happy with how things are going at the minute. No, I think I think what you want when when the season finished, you know, at Wembley and you miss out on on, on going up, um, it's all about regrouping. Um, Barnsley being the club it is, and you know, Barnsley survived by bringing somebody in from lower league, developing and selling them these for a decent price. Mads Anderson, um, obviously, you know, went to, went to Luton uh, for big money. Liam Kitchen, although you know the CEO says he will be a Barnsley player next season, he was for a couple of matches and then he was sold. Bobby Thomas, another defender that we had on loan, uh, went back to Burnley and was then sold. Um, uh, we had a, a loan keeper in Harry Eistead, who was fantastic. He wanted to come to Barnsley, but for whatever reason, didn't sign him. So we had to start again. Um, and, and they brought players in. And I know there's been injuries. A new manager as well, of course. And I think what Barnsley fans are wanting is, is, is a bit of an identity of this is what we can expect. And at this moment in time, our away form has been decent um home form is just as inconsistent as whatever you want so away 
Barnsley fans like the football they've seen in recent years. You know, under Duff, the motto was sweat on the shirt and you leave everything out there. And if you lose what you've played well, fans are all right with that. Um, it, it just feels, it's, it's, it doesn't matter, you know his best 11. Uh, because of injuries, some players had to play out of position. That's forgivable. That That's not an issue. It's just not gelling. And and especially the midfield, which are the same players as last season, it's just, just not happening for whatever reason. So are they happy? If you look at the, the, the table, you think, you know, all's not lost. We, we're in touch with them. It's, it's all right. But actually on the pitch, it's, yeah, I think there's... Um, um, there's a lot of people questioning whether, you know, we're in December now. We should be having an identity. He should know his best eleven. We should have a style of play, and we're still waiting, Alex. So I don't know when that will come. Obviously, you mentioned the fact that you've got the new manager this season. Um, Neil Collins kind of came out of nowhere, really, didn't he? I know he's a he's a manager who's come over from uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies in the US, not the MLS, but the. Was it, the, was it the USL, I think? Yeah. And he's yeah. managed there for four or five seasons. So it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you mentioned he's got, well, at least fancy, but my real kind of identity. But um, what kind of formation, what kind of style of play have you have you seen this season from, from Barnsley in the majority of games? Um, it's varied. I think lately, um, in possession, you know, three at the back, um, five in midfield, um, two of those are sort of out-and-out wingers that, that we rely on to, 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 to bring good service to Devante Cole, who is, I suppose, the one that, you know, we, we, we can't question. He is, he is scoring goals. Um, but just not always seeing that. But just, but just it, it's, um, you know, we, 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 we have the ball, we, we go forward, we lose possession, we've got wingers that are not tracking back. And it, it's all um, possession-wise. Sometimes you look like, oh, you know, 60, 70% possession. But it's sideways and backwards rather than going forwards. And when you're used to, over the last, what, four or five years especially, um, Standall, Ismail, Dove, that, that was quite pressing. There was sort of like a visible line, almost like that halfway line, where if, if the ball came to there, Bardsley just moved forward and we pressed, we pressed hard and we, we, we took possession in the opponent's sort of final third, and um, you know the, the ball went into the box, and it's just, it's just, it's just not. And it's almost like the players are a bit lost on how we should be playing. Um, our midfield last year with Connell, with Herbie Kane, with Adam Phillips, they all scored goals. Now Connell is just coming back from a lung injury. He had a couple of matches early on the season. He's been out for a couple of months, so forget. Herbie Kane doesn't look the same Herbie Kane that we had last year. Adam Phillips with a few goals last season, fair enough. He's, he's not been playing regularly, but there's a reason for that. Um, again, not contributing with goals. He scored goals from outside the area consistently last season. I don't know if there's something happening behind the scenes. Um, at board level, we scored quite a few own goals this season. You know, you talked about the shirt. There's been sponsorship issues. There's been, you know, the FA Cup debacle where, um, you know, we were kicked out for fielding an ineligible player, which is just... This is a basic error, isn't it? Let's face it. So I don't know if there's something happening behind the scenes. The CEO is leaving. Now, five week, four weeks ago, uh, press comes out saying he's, um, he's he's going to America. He's, he's, he's going to America. He took a possible there, but he's staying till the end of the season. Um, four weeks later, an email. He's now going on the 15th of December. So I, I, I don't know. Then suddenly we want a director of football. Like middle of the season. Like Feels... Yeah. It feels like there's not a lot of like uh, long-term planning necessarily going no, on, and like no. at, at board level at least. And 
or at yeah. least if there is planning, it's it doesn't feel particularly all joined up, as it were. No, and, and I, think, I guess it affects then on what's on the pitch as well. And and it's understandable that when you have a decent player and and Mads Anderson when he came, I'm not saying he was dreadful, but he found it really hard adjusting. The COVID season did the world of good because there weren't there weren't any fans. He could settle. He was awesome. He was absolutely amazing last season. One of the best defenders in, in, in League One came, went into the team of the season and, and, you know, he went. And that's great. But the problem is then as a club, it feels like you're just going through the motions. We're now looking, you now look at a Casper Lapata, Mil de Jevny, the, 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 another defender we've got who's doing really, really well. And it's like, if they keep playing like this, then, yeah, likely by the end of the season, somebody will come in, offer them more. And, you know, we're never consolidating and moving forwards. We do really well with some players. They get sold. Money comes into the club. We buy another non-league player. We develop them. Do really well. And sometimes that's over two or three seasons. Sometimes over a season. So the long-term planning, you know, holding on to players is is something that um, it's frustrating, isn't it, as a fan? Because you think, oh, if we can hold these together, then you know we've got a great chance next season. And you know, the whole defence has changed. Two different goalies against this season, and and the consistency is gone. One thing that is going quite well for Barnsley this season, again, at least on the field, you've only lost one game against the team below you so far this season. That was the Blackpool 1-0. They're obviously only one place below you. Um, and you mentioned your away form has been really good. You've only lost one away game, and that was to Derby, who are above you on the table as well. So it, it does feel like you've at least somehow on the field got the quality to beat, or at least not lose to teams who are lower down on the table, which Reading obviously currently are. Um, and you are scoring a lot of goals as well. When you kind of look at the league table and Barnsley are on 34 goals from 18, and there's only really Bolton have got 37, Peterborough have got 37, but Barnsley are right up there with kind of the top goal scorers in the league. And I guess that mainly comes down to the fact that you've got Devante Cole up front, who's got to be one of the best strikers in the league and probably your most important player. Um, I, I think he was, definitely. Um, and again, and, and, and listen, I'm not negative because I love my football club. The goal scored, you know, seven in the opening day of the season will 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 help that, you know, will will, will help that number because we won 7-0 against, against Bald Vale. But yeah, Devante Cole, um, again, you know, when he joined, people were very underwhelmed. Uh, but this season, you know, so he knows where the goal is, and especially in tight situations, he could turn, he could shoot. The question's been again, who partners him? Now, uh, McAtee's come in, um, does really well. Uh, Barsley fans love a player like McAtee, you know, like almost like no shin pads or the really small ones. Runs around like he's got 16 car batteries wired up to him and, and will run till 80, 85 minutes. And then, you know, he'll need an asthma inhaler and a tank of oxygen to take him off. But he, he's done his work. Um, but again, finding out who can partner him and, and do you play McAtee behind him and do you play with Cole as an out and out striker? But yeah, goal scored. Um, it's it's an away for whatever reason. I, I personally think I think it's part of the atmosphere. I think. And you'll probably know when you go to the away match, it's about the day, isn't it? Barnsley fans will go for the day. They they travel away really well. Don't know how many they've sold for Reading, but normally do really, really well traveling away. And it's a day, and you know, you have a few beers, you go and grab a burger or a sandwich, other foods available. You go into the stadium and the and the match is almost a byproduct of that day. And you're singing and you're cheering and fantastic. At home, I think the phrase is that football usually ruins a good day out if you support <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, yeah. 
and I think at home it's a little bit like it's like the dentist waiting room. Like I think the team wants the fans to start singing, clapping, and cheering to get them going, and the fans are saying, "Give us someone to cheer about." So it's far more subdued. So away we've scored far more goals. Um, we played Blackpool away in the Bristol Trophy thing a couple of nights ago, and obviously we, we, you know we lost two one. But yeah, away um, do, doing well. Uh, struggling against the team above us, but like you said, the team below us, um, so far, I think only one that we've lost. So, yeah, all in all, you know, you, you look at Saturday's match and you think it's a perfect opportunity to go in, in, into a busy December schedule and, and, and get points on the board and hopefully a really good performance that fans can get behind. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, we've got, I think, Reading playing eight games in December. Barnsley must have six or seven at the very least that without the FA Cup game, uh, obviously, having been been removed from that um so it's it's a i think it's a big game for both teams really uh, outside kind of outside of cole and uh, mcatee is there any other players that we should be watching out for this weekend i know cadden plays at like left or was it he was a left back when he played for forest green got linked with reading last season but ended up signing for barnsley is it worth uh worth keeping an eye on at left wing this this weekend yeah i, th- I think um cadden especially bombing forward um Never gives up. Good player. Uh, I think a, a lot of Barnsley fans have, have, have took to him immediately. Um, I think at the back, the two is our number six. Pronunciation, shocking. Excuse me. Mel de Jevny, um, but we call him our French number six. Um, came from, I don't even know what club. Uh, on his first appearance, uh, got a yellow card, I believe, on 20 minutes and was substituted on 27 minutes, I believe. It was dreadful. Um, he's come back in. looks yeah, at home as well. Um, uh, clearly, some work's been done off the training pitch. It looks far more settled. Wins everything in the air. Um, early on, but looks like um, a really, really good league one defender. So happy with him. Casper Lapata's now back. Um, he had a shoulder injury, broke his shoulder bone, needed surgery. He is back. Um, he came from uh, the Sheffield United Academy, played some cup matches there, then played some lower leagues. Um, again, um, Two very dependable figures at the back rarely make a mistake. Midfield, um, Herbie Kane, just not just not happening for him at the moment. Um, I think Luca Connell did really well last season, and um, it's just coming back in his own, uh, you know, on his own again. And I think up front, yeah, Devante Cole speaks for himself. Uh, the goals that he scored, I think McAtee as well. You look at McAtee, and I think it's a player that every team would probably want. He is the one that always gets, you know, that the press going when 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 it's on. Um, McAtee scored that really silly goal. I don't know if you saw it where, uh, you know, we were at home. They were time-wasting. Yeah, he he made a bit of contact, but the keeper dropped to the floor, wanting a free kick, then let the ball go. And obviously he scored. He says, best goal he ever scored. Uh, But you know what? Especially at home, we'll we'll, we'll take it. So there is a bit of a spine. I I think Barnsley fans are not worried about the defence, as silly as it sounds. Um, I think it's more the midfield because that really needs to make things happen going forward. And that's just misfiring at times. Um, and, and not knowing who he's going to play. You know, that's another one. We just don't know who he's going to put in that midfield. So you, you can rest assured, Cadon will play on the left-hand side. More than likely, Barry Cotter on the right-hand side. Up front, Devante Cole, although he, he, didn't feature on, uh, he didn't feature on Tuesday. But um, it, it could be any from, uh, you know, a big pot of players, including some up-and-coming um, academy players that that might get the nod on uh, on Saturday. That's interesting. I figured you'd, you'd have thought with uh, kind of McTee 
obviously getting you know a decent amount of goals already and Cole having a decent amount of goals it lends itself to a kind of a strike partnership but yeah yeah it sounds sounds like rotation is kind of the order of the day at the moment really yeah I think he's, he's keeping them keen um and, and and keep putting other players in if he comes on um, and I don't know um as, as maybe an appearance in the last 50 20 minutes as a, a youngster uh Fabio Jallo a Portuguese lad um I believe he's 18, but he plays with the Portuguese under 21. Um, scored a couple of goals, scored against Horsham uh, when we played them at home on the Friday night in the FA Cup. A fantastic goal. He just looks like one of those that I suppose you don't want to play him too often because other clubs will see him and think, whoa, look at this. Um, but he is one of two or three academy talents that are coming through and getting minutes that look really, really impressive. So uh, he does rotate quite a lot. So we don't know, but yeah, Fabio Jello, if he comes on, only a young lad, but he's you can you can just tell he's got the flair and um he for what, while ever he's with us, he'll he'll do well. Yeah, just one of those players who've got the you can see it straight away when they come on the field. Just that kind yeah, of like yeah, I mean magic magic, magic it factor, which you can't really explain, but you know that they've know that they've got it to make it. Yeah, you know, Barnsley fans will remember John Stones as a ball boy and then, you know, making his, his breakthrough. And, and and everybody reminds when England play or when City play and Stones play, he's a Barnsley fan. And, and he is, you know, he is. Didn't play that much for us because straight away you could tell this lad's got it. And, you know, uh, Everton, Man City and, and, and now England. So look at him. Hey, credit to him. Um, but I think Jallo is another one that some of the bigger clubs will look at and say, there's a gem there. And um, at the age of, I believe, 18, you know, that you know what a talent to have. And, and to be able to get minutes, which Barnsley always will with the youngsters, they, they will. Um, but yeah, he's one maybe to keep an eye out. Maybe not for this season, but then definitely for next season, because he's going to be, um, I don't think he'll be a Barnsley long. Back to this season and Saturday. Last question for you, Carlo, is just uh, what, what score prediction have you got for the weekend? Um... A really difficult one. If I look at the away form, and then you have to it helps them for a one-one draw. Um, I've I've gone Reading one, Barnsley two. Um, we've had a lot of penalties conceded um, this season, um, and um, yeah, I, I, I suppose at the back, depending on who we play as, as the third central defender, um, we need a bounce back uh, after being thrown out of the FA Cup. We bowed out of the other cup um, because of a defeat away at, at Blackpool. So, you know, he'll, he'll want a response and I'm hoping he's got him fired up. So I'll go for a 2-1 Barnsley win to keep that decent away record in uh, intact. It's not going to go down well if that happens, I don't think, unfortunately, but fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, if you've enjoyed today's podcast or you want to listen to some more Barnsley talk, uh, Red's Report underscore on X or Twitter or whatever you're calling it nowadays yeah. um, out there, if you want to listen to Carlo and and the gents on Red's report. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday discussing the Barnsley game. Fingers crossed it's not a 2-1 Barnsley win. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, drop as a review and a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We will talk to you all on Sunday. Up the ding. <laughs>